Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, we have got national champion from the 2002 Ohio State Buckeyes, Maurice Hall joins us. Uh, Maurice Hall that scored the game-winning touchdown over Michigan to send them to the national championship. Yeah, it's that Mo Hall. He joins us to talk his time at Ohio State, uh, his career as an actor, uh, and everything in between. So we're going to have a great time with Maurice Hall. Plus, we've got our Garage Beers of the Week. We'll talk a little more Indians and, and a lot more fun than that. So come on up the driveway, pull up your favorite lawn chair, crack open your favorite cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome on in, everybody, to the Garage Beers Podcast, episode 30, uh, a milestone for us of the Garage Beers Podcast. We made episode one through like 20-something without any sports happening. Now we've got all kinds of sports, uh, and we've had all kinds of great guests, and we've got another good one here tonight. In just a little bit, we're going to be joined by uh, running back from the Ohio State Buckeyes back in the early 2000s, and yes, that means he was the running one of the running backs uh, on that national championship team, Mo Hall. Maurice Hall is going to join us uh, in just a little bit. We've got a great interview with him uh, that we're really excited to bring to you. But before we get to that, we're going to throw it around the horn because we're excited for another special guest on this episode as well. But before we get to him, we are going to send it over to uh, – oh, I haven't even introduced myself. I should introduce myself. Hey, it's me, Michael, Garage Beers Mike on Twitter. You can find me there. Ah, uh, no one gives a shit. No, who, who <laughs> would? Why would you care? Uh, Michael Kefir, Garage Beers Mike on Twitter. Find me there. Give it a follow. Uh, my co-host every week over on the east side of Cleveland, Chad Meyer. Find him on Twitter at Garage Beers Chad. What's going on, Chad? Ah, uh, nothing much. Just watching this riveting uh, UAB South Alabama Thursday night college football game. Uh, it is amazing. I mean, it was either that or the Jags and Dolphins on Thursday night football. What about the, either way, it's the either way, it's a Nuggets. prison inmate game, huh? The Lakers and the Nuggets. Oh, the NBA! Yay! Oh, you're so dumb. You're so stupid. Yay! Don't you work for an NBA team? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, okay. Chad's over there insulting his employer. That's fine. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring in a special guest before we get to our uh, our our main event with our uh, big interview with Mo Hall. Uh, but uh, our normal my, our normal co-host couldn't join us tonight, Joey. Um, so we have an awesome uh, uh, stand-in co-host with us. 
Um, uh, he's a guy that we, we work with calling football games over at WEOL. Uh, and during the day, you can find him just trouncing around neighborhoods, delivering mail, uh, and being the, the coolest mailman on the planet. We are really excited to have joining us as a co-host, Adam Cahill. You can find him on Twitter, at Adam R. Cahill. Uh, so, Adam Cahill, welcome in, man. But uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, shout out to our to our former to our former boss. But uh, yeah, I've, I've, we've done games probably six, eight years somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, uh, and a couple of them together, which is interesting. Um, but uh, since I've now retired from from sideline, we get to rotate uh, the color spot. Yeah, this is exciting. We've we've uh, talked to Adam a little bit. Uh, in previous weeks because there just are going to be a couple weeks where maybe one of the three of us isn't going to be able to jump on and uh, uh, we are excited to have Adam as part of our uh, uh, our garage beers team as a as a stand-in every once in a while so uh, welcome on Adam we're excited to talk some some stuff with you to talk to Mo Hall with you yeah I am excited to talk to Mo too because I am actually uh, I was actually at Ohio State during his career so uh you know, to talk to a guy like that who is the author or uh, at least a co-author of one of, like, the biggest Ohio State moments for me. I'm, I'm interested to hear him uh, get some pers- inside perspective on that play uh, and that season because it's really one of the – I mean, outside of the 2016 Cavaliers, it's probably one of the most, at least for me, magical magical sports seasons of, of – me watching television but generally i watch the Cavs, browns and indians so it's not a high bar the, oh, 2016, I mean, that whole se- the 2016 cavaliers were great unless you're chad and he probably has something bad to say about it because it was NBA. <laughs> right? no 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 actually <laughs> i mean of course. listen yeah i might hate the nba but listen cleveland is cleveland i'm gonna want cleveland to win a championship no matter what the sport is like the cleveland crunch are coming back i'm hoping they win yes. every single indoor soccer championship there is are they really yeah they're yeah. coming back they made that announcement did not know that personally personally i would have gone with the force and and but i i'm sure they wouldn't be allowed to use darth a guy in a darth vader suit walking around anymore like they did back <laughs> was that in not the, the 80s <laughs> that was the greatest another good way to get sued as we were talking about earlier <laughs> yeah yeah we don't want to do that so before we get to our interview with mo hall uh, we have got to get to our favorite segment every week, which is our Garage Beers of the Week segment. So uh, Chad and I will lead it off to show you how it's done, Adam, and then you can, uh, you can uh, wrap us up with our Garage Beers of the Week. But Chad, uh, we're going to let you lead it off. What is your Garage Beer of the Week this week? Well, I ventured out to North Olmsted this week, Mike. Uh, and by that, the you and by passport that, across sides of town like that? Yeah, well, I packed a, a suitcase. Uh, I packed really light because it's a short road trip. Uh, but and by uh, North Olmstead, I mean uh, my local Giant Eagle. And I got Fatheads Brewery right now. It's the G Suffa. I think that's it's the G Suffa Oktoberfest Lager. And it's Gusufa. It it's Gusufa. Yes. Oh wow, that's, that's really. Sounds like it's working. Yeah, it's a really weird thing to say, but Oktoberfest Lager. It's a it's a delicious beer. I'm a big fan of the Oktoberfest like it's fall type beers. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 good, guys. I'm a big fan of Fathead beers in general. So, yeah, they're uh, delicious beer. Uh, I live like just minutes from their North Homestead location, uh, 
which is fine. But that one that they put in down in like Middleburg, that place Ooh. is sweet. I've yet to go, but I'm a big fan of their of their uh, North Olmsted location. Some great burgers and stuff. I think the, the for some reason because I think it's like kind of the same menu, but I think the food is better down at the one down south. Interesting. So. Well, 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 they're smoking. They're smoking down at that one. Like they're smoking things. They don't smoke things. I don't think at the North Olmsted location. They're all smoking. They're heavy smokers <laughs> down there. Uh, Adam, all right. Have <laughs> to do with that. <laughs> so I'm going to bring it back to. Uh, uh, I know we've had some, uh, at least one, two fatheads on here. I'm going to bring it back to another repeater brewery because it's just this time of the year. So you went with the Gusufa uh, from uh, from Fatheads, a nice Oktoberfest. I brought it back to Southern Tier. Uh, a couple weeks, a few weeks ago, I had the Pumpkin because it's about time to start having those. Uh, but now I am bringing in what I think is the Pumpkin on steroids, and it's called the Warlock. Mm-hmm. And they basically mm-hmm. took their Pumpkin and they turned it into an imperial stout. So it's an imperial pumpkin stout, and it is amazing. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah it's real dark, real heavy. Uh, the Southern Tier Brewery, I know we've got the one downtown here in Cleveland, but the one up in Lakewood, New York, right on Lake Chautauqua is awesome. It's a good time. They actually have uh, the Pumpkin Festival about, around this time every year when they're releasing pumpkin. It's a good time. I've been up there a couple times, and it's only, what, like two and a half hours from here. Uh, not far. Nope. So yeah. No, not far at all. Closer to you, Chad. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, Southern Tier Warlock, my garage beer of the week. And that'll throw us out to Adam Cahill. And I, Adam, I know you've got a garage drink of the week. Adam, what do you have for your garage drink of the week? Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a beer drinker because at some point I decided that beer hangovers are not fun for me. Uh, <laughs> so I enjoy vodka and uh we're drinking some wheatley vodka tonight uh this was actually a gift bottle because i am so damn good at my job that my customers give me booze at christmas so i want to be a mailman what's that <laughs> that makes me want to be a mailman that makes me want to be a postal yeah. worker booze so at I get, christmas I get deal occasionally we'll get some 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 gifts from my customers and this is the wheatley vodka it's uh 10 times distilled from the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Ah, Bottle yes. building number 26. Ooh. But it's uh, something I've had for a while. It's from uh, Frankfort, Kentucky, the Buffalo Trace Distillery. And uh, something I've had for a while I've been going through, but I decided to finish it off tonight. I'm not a real – I don't drink by myself, so I, I tend to keep bottled – like little bits of bottles of booze around and then i've paired nice. it with a i've paired it with a nice marlboro red <laughs> <laughs> well listen that's actually kind of cool uh buffalo trace is uh really one of the premier distilleries if you're talking bourbon down in kentucky buffalo right. trace is they make like a lot of the big big time uh, uh bourbons i know like pappy van winkle comes out of buffalo trace and like uh-huh. that's a that's a big time uh, distillery, so that's pretty cool that you've got the Wheatley vodka as your garage drink of the week. So those yes, are our and, garage uh, beers. To it, and to pair oh, it, yeah, tell with, us about uh, tell us about this cup real quick. In, in honor of in honor of having a Ohio State legend Maurice Hall on, I busted out the old outer in glass, which if anybody 
is familiar with uh, Ohio State campus is probably the last standing not corporate bar from when I was actually in college. And uh, this was the mug night. You buy this mug for $3, you take it back every night. I'm sure Mo hit it up at some point. (laughs) That is like a, that is a, it's vintage vintage mug. Yeah. And it's in good shape. Yeah. Yeah, I had a dog. You can't really see that one of the dogs got it on the bottom a little bit, but not enough that I'm not going to stop using it. If you yeah. want to know, if you want to know if Adam Cahill is excited to talk to former Ohio State Buckeye Maurice Hall tonight, Adam, what are your dogs' names? Uh, my dogs' names are Urban and Ryan Day. <laughs> and also, I may or may not, I may or may not have a Ted Ginn uh, autographed jersey hanging on my oh, wall. Oh <laughs> well, that's just beautiful. Well, I love the Ted Ginn autographed jersey. You also have a Sean Kemp autographed Cavs jersey hanging behind you. I do. That's cool. That's even cooler. And actually, uh, we had some. We had a friend uh, that uh, that played for the Browns when I was younger. Uh, you guys might remember him, Eddie Johnson. He was oh, a, yeah. a, a family friend, and and I had that in. So all I had to do was buy the jersey, and uh, he was nice enough to get an autograph. Don't want to tell you some of the things that jersey's seen. Let's because yeah. uh, you know Sean Kemp, college. <laughs> No, God, no. Well, well, it's NBA, so it's stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. There's Chad. Well, anyways, <laughs> yeah. so we've got, we got Fatheads, we've got Southern Tier, and then we've got the Wheatley Vodka from Buffalo Trace. Those are our garage beer slash garage drinks of the week. Uh, cheers to you guys, Adam and Chad, and cheers to you out there. Uh, make sure you share with us what your what your garage beers are this week. Uh, we want to know if, if you have any suggestions, throw them our way. All right, now we are really, really excited to bring in an actor who has appeared in shows such as Grey's Anatomy, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, CSI, Criminal Minds, The Mindy Project, uh, and who has written and directed several of his own projects, which we're going to talk about him, or which we're going to talk about. You might know him, uh, if you're an Ohio person, as a four-year running back for the Ohio State Buckeyes from 2001 to 2004. And, uh, oh, yeah, he's just the player that scored the game-winning touchdown against Michigan in 2002 to send the Buckeyes to the BCS National Championship game. We are super excited to be joined by Maurice Mohall. Mo, what is going on, man? Hey, what's happening? What's happening? Hey, we're here, man. We're here in the building, ready to talk some sports, man. Ready to talk, see what's going on over here. So you're literally in the building. You are in the grocery like, store. Which is like literally favorite. in there. Boom. You know, <laughs> trying to stay away from the snacks. You know what I'm saying? God, <laughs> yeah. What's going oh, on? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, you no. didn't go grocery shopping hungry, man. You, you, you're right. not supposed to do that. It's, it's a horrible decision. <laughs> I am I am the target market for the uh, convenience snacks at the register. I am that guy for sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm, work, oh, I'm working no. on it, though. Okay. I'm working. I'm working on it. Yeah, I would say I work on it too. I work on grabbing as much of that stuff as I can when I'm at the store, getting dirty looks from right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we get into what you're doing now, the acting career, we're going to throw it back and we're going to take you back to your days here in Ohio uh, as a Buckeye. Uh, you're, you're born in Florida, right? But you moved up, you grew up in Ohio, you grew up in Columbus, right? I did. I did. So born in uh, Miami, Florida, but grew up in Columbus, Ohio which obviously, you know, once you go to Columbus, 
it's um it's kind of hard to not be an Ohio State fan, right? I mean, when I when I grew up, I was always like, hey, if I have an opportunity to play football in college, it's going to be for Miami or Florida State. It's going to be one of those two. You know, Miami was I was obviously born there, so that was huge. And um, Florida State was always my team because I just I loved Ward Dunn. I kind of patterned my running game after Ward Dunn. I loved Charlie Ward, Peter Warwick. Yeah. Um, and the the interesting story about that was when I was getting recruited, you know, obviously like Bobby Bowden came to my house, so that was a that was a big thing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Ward Dunn all actually called me and said, "Hey." Um, I know exactly what you're going through. I'm from Louisiana, right next to LSU. I went to Florida State. You see how this turned out for me. At the same time, my jersey of number 28 is retired at Florida State. But if you come, you can wear it. Yeah. And that was a hard turn down right there. What? That was a hard turn. Yeah, they gave you a full – they gave you a full court press, man. They did. They did, man. It was uh, (laughs) – It was crazy, but, uh, you know, family, family trumps all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my parents, they, you know, they'd seen me play since I was, you know, nine years old. So I always wanted them to see me play. And I knew if I went there, it was going to be a lot harder for them to, you know, financially get there to actually watch games in person. So that was one of the biggest, biggest reasons why I stayed home and, um, you know, went to Ohio State. It turned out okay. Yeah, no, I mean, we had some, some good memories. <laughs> no, it's memory. funny you brought up Peter Wark, because I have a weird Peter Wark story. The Browns. Oh, really? Yeah, so uh, obviously 99, the Browns came back. 2000, they had the number one pick again, and everybody thought they're taking Peter Warwick in that draft. Yeah, exactly. Actually, to, pair him with, to pair him with Tim Couch. Yes. Right, right, exactly. He actually made an appearance at uh, the IX Center up by the airport up here with – Chris Palmer, and it was like, and he was signing autographs on like Cleveland Browns, Peter Warwick. This was before the draft. So it was just like, they were just out there like assuming Peter Warwick's going to be a Brown. So I have a Peter Warwick autograph somewhere in this house in a box buried far away. A Peter Warwick autograph on a Cleveland Browns like card that says like Peter Warwick (laughs) number 88 or something like that. Yes, yes. And I'm like, that is classic. I, I was, then they don't take him, and you're like, "What just happened?" Right, right. That um, I I was super surprised. Yeah, I was super surprised, and I um, I kind of wish he would have went to the Browns more than the Bengals, man. Golly, yeah. Yeah. Bengals know they sure know how to ruin careers, God. But anyway, yeah. Well, the Browns are better. <laughs> Well, touche, touche. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I I'm not a Browns fan either. I'm actually a Cowboys fan. But that's okay. Um, but you know, hey, what can two we weeks. say? Well, not even two weeks. Less than two weeks. Browns less Cowboys. Two weeks, yeah. yeah. In Dallas. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. So take it the L, coming, mode. So. Take the L. <laughs> no, I don't think that's gonna happen, man. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Browns fan, and I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, so. come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, what can we say? What can we say? We can try hard. They, we got no run defense. They got an Ohio State running back. I mean, man, you can't really – Zeke Zeke, Zeke is continuing to be one of the best running backs in the league. So, it's, it's kind of hard to go up against somebody who defense isn't up to par. But, you know. Everybody Dan, gets better. Dan, oh, Ohio State I, I, running backs. 
<laughs> I mean, it had to be coaching, right? I mean, all of that, all of that, all of that, all of that talent on offense are the Cowboys, but like somehow Jason Garrett just constantly went seven and nine and eight and eight. Like, how does that, how, yeah. how does that happen with all that talent? That the strategy behind that, I don't know how we how we just do that down our leg with with the people we have on that team. It's 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 crazy. It, I mean, you have to just look at coaching, obviously, because yeah. the talent is definitely there. So it's like, what are we what are we doing, man? What are we doing? Right. We should have we should have been back to the to the Super Bowl, but you know, right, right. We right. will see. So you get to I'm, blame, I'm, I'm blaming it on COVID. I'm blaming everything on COVID from <laughs> here on out. <laughs> Three years ago, it was because COVID was coming. That's right, because we didn't know it, but it was coming. Man. All right, so let's go back to you. You got to Ohio State 2001. Uh, so obviously, yep. you're by Cooper. And, yep. then, and then obviously, your first year was also Jim Tressel's first year. He comes in gives the awesome speech in front of the basketball team about beating Michigan. Yep. Uh, exactly. And I think, well, I think what, two losses to Michigan later and two decades later, uh, that came true. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's so interesting because people always ask me about that. And I, you know, I don't, you know, I no disrespect to all the, the, the teams that kind of came before us. Obviously, that we have some great Ohio State teams, but I truly believe the 2002 team changed the way um, people look at Ohio State. I believe, you know, it, from from a fan standpoint, like prior to us winning that national championship, that wasn't even a thought. It wasn't a thought of like, oh, they're going to like go to the national championship, and and it was it was always about like, oh, let's focus on the Big Ten, which it still is. But now, like, if we don't go to the playoffs, like, it's like, what are you guys doing? You guys are blowing it. You know, even, and, you know, and we, and people, we've gotten spoiled because, you know, since 2001, we've consistently beat Michigan. So now it's not, you have, you know, kids in college that go to Ohio State and they don't know, they, they know it's a rivalry, but they don't know how hard we kind of fought to get over that hump of, like, blowing it, blowing it. You know, Tim Bianca Batuka. Yeah, I was going to say, know, growing, so. up, growing up like when we all did and watching those teams of the 90s and, and Eddie George and, and all the great players. Exactly. And all those great players that came through Ohio State. And they would wreck everybody, get to Michigan and lose every year. And then lose and lose. And, and, you, and when it, the, the crazy part is, you know, I think about the people I played with, you know, your, your Troy Smiths and Ted Ginns and, you know, Reese Clarez and Michael Jenkins. And you – and then you – if you sat and compared them against, I remember coming out of high school and seeing David Boston, and I was like, "Who's going to tackle this guy? Like, what, what are we talking about here? He's walking around with his shirt off on at the Woody, and I'm like, dog, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be here with with people who look like this, you know. But when you're, you you got guys like that, and you're Terry Glenn's and Joe Joey Galloway's, and you know all these different amazing players, you know and they couldn't beat Michigan, you know, you, you see that, you know, part, part of it's coaching, part of it's discipline, part of it's, mm -hmm. you know, just getting, getting through it and, and, and staying focused. So it's, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but, you know, we, we were fortunate enough to, to have Coach Trussell and, and, you know, that was, that was a big thing for him. 
That was that was his his calling card, and and we literally focused on Michigan every practice. Every practice, there was a a period or two that was about Michigan. Wow. And once you get that ingrained in your head, you know, once when you get there to that game, it's not one of those things that we're playing around. Like it's, it's, this is this is this is serious. This is business. It might be college football, but it feels like we're getting paid for this. Right. You know, so, right. and that's how we kind of right. treated it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it had to be. It had to be coaching because, yeah. you know, a, a lot of times those, because those teams before we started our run against, our run of victories against Michigan were just as talented as, as the right. teams that have beaten oh, Michigan. So if not more. it had to be, right? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. No, I mean, you know, I think coach, coach, coach Cooper was a great coach yeah. and he had some, some great assistant coaches, but you know, it was a different kind of coaching. It was a different kind of coaching. And, and obviously, you know, coach Trussell also got criticized from his coaching because he was very, he's very conservative. You know, he, he's built, he's filled position football. That's what he is. He, all he cares about, if we can get a field goal out of it, he's good. Um, where coach Cooper was like, yo, bring in the fastest, baddest, the meanest people from all around the country and just put them on the field. Who cares if they got discipline or, or, or not, just let them play and we'll make it happen. And a lot of times they did, you know, but sometimes, you know, they fell short because of some of those, some of those things. So I don't know why I was, I don't know why I always digress to the Browns. But they've been playing kick and field goal football for 20 years, and it hasn't worked. <laughs> Why did it work for you guys? <laughs> because they, they need Jim Trestle. Yeah. They need Jim Trestle, and, they can, uh, and that field position football changes a little bit. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Also, the, the Browns have never really had anybody like Will Smith or Will Allen or Mike Doss That's or anybody like that. Okay. That is no. touche about that. Yeah, no. you're right. No. Oh, I, I was actually down at Ohio State uh, during your career and actually uh-huh. in, in that uh, in the horseshoe, in the, in the ADAC, uh, towards that end zone um, that you scored that option on, which is still will always be uh, one of my favorite Ohio State moments because, like you said, that was getting over the hump to us. Right. And I could remember right. uh, being on – being on Frambies in my in my house with my roommates that year, <laughs> looking down the schedule and going, where do we lose? If we beat right. Michigan, where do we lose? We got it. And just watching you do that. And that was a play that I don't think was was called probably most of the season. No, it never was called. We we had never we 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 literally ran that play in practice every day. And every day wow. I would look at Coach Trussell and be like, what are we doing, Coach? Like, why, why are we running this? We know you're never going to call an option play. We know that. And as we continue to go through the season, we, we, you, we, it, was, it was literally one of the last plays we always ran at practice every day. And I was like, Man. you know, and, and I was always the one, you know, it was always me. You know, it was never like, oh, let's rotate other people in. Like, I was the guy. And, you know, I, I literally never thought that play would ever be called. And when he called it, you know, he kind of looked at, he kind of gave me the, the trestle look. Um, and I said, all right, well, I just need to, I just need to catch this ball because if I catch this ball, there's no way they're going to think, you know, know this play's coming. So um, that was it. And that was it, man. I, was, I think, this, I think the collective heart of a lot of state fans, when you saw, when you saw Craig Krenzel take off to his right was like, no, what is happening? <laughs> That's the weak side. That's the weak side. 
Uh, I've still I've still got turf somewhere from that game that I was that we rushed the field after. So that that'll always be one of my favorite Ohio State moments. And that story about him not calling it and how you you stayed ready the whole time and waited. It, it was perfect. Man. Absolutely. We got it's crazy minute, because though. you know after, after. Oh, go ahead. What'd you say? Go oh, go ahead. No, I was saying after that game, you know, I had. I got bum rushed to people trying to um, steal my helmet, and I ended up giving my I ended up giving them my gloves instead. I didn't know what was going. On. I thought I was about to get jumped. And uh, <laughs> the funny part is, the guy the guy who stole my gloves just reached out to me like literally like two weeks ago. He was like, "Hey, I I think I have your gloves," and I was like, "From where?" Like, and he was like, "I think these are them." And he showed me a picture, and I was like, "Those are them. It was you. You <laughs> how's it going?" Um, but yeah, so, um, but that was a, you know, it was a great experience, man. That was, that was like no other. Um, so I'm excited about it. I was excited. I'm still excited. The crazy part is I don't really talk about it here in LA, you know, so it's almost like a a memory that's, that was a dream because I'm like, oh, I did play football at one time, didn't I? Let's bring it, let's (laughs) bring it back. I want to throw it back though, because Adam talked about he had the schedule up and he was looking at it going, where do we lose? The great that season, that season was crazy. That season was weird, close games. Cincinnati, was, remember um, that Cincinnati game? Uh, Cincinnati, Wisconsin up in Camp Randall, which I was at too. The throw that the throw that Krenzel makes to Michael Jenkins at that yes. point, I turned to my friend and said, yeah. "We're winning the national title. We're, we're going to win. Like everything is going our way." Um, I remember the Cincinnati game for a different reason because that was one of the hardest hits that I ever took in college football. And I think it was one of the plays of the week on Sports Center, which was a little disappointing <laughs> on my part. Um, but you never want to be a part at the of the end that. of the day, we won. So, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was literally one of those things where um, everything was just working out for us. Every game, it was super close, but. We, we managed to pull them out. It was like game after game after game. It was like, come on, come on. It can't end like and this. Then, and, and then don't forget the Purdue game. We can't forget the Purdue game. You know, that's, that's a classic. Holy Buckeye. Absolutely. Like, you can't, you can't throw fourth and one long, deep ball and, no. and say that nobody would have ever expected that. Especially, just, at a, yeah. especially from Jim Trestle. Especially from JT, for sure. You know that. And then we Especially got, from JT. And don't forget the Illinois game in overtime. Yeah. Illinois, yep. First Where, first overtime. And, you know, I was I had an opportunity to score that touchdown, too. So it was another, another, another close one, man. And it was freezing. I was cold the whole game. I've never played in a game more cold in my life. And um, it, was, it was definitely, you know, Big Ten football. I'll say that 100%. So then you make it to the title game. You you win the game against Michigan. They're eating yep. Tostitos everywhere, all over the field. Uh, you're heading out to to Arizona to play a 34 consecutive win streak Miami football. Right. Team. Like just right. to remind people that are listening to this, uh, let's remind you of the names that were on that team. Right. Frank exactly. Gunther, Frank Gore, Kellen Winslow, Entrell Roll. Ken Dorsey, Willis McGahee, Sean Taylor, Jonathan Vilma, Vince Wilfork. These were guys that had like, yeah, they came out and had decades long NFL careers after it or, or close Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. They were, they were the, the, the greatest, what, the, remember they called St. Louis Rams the greatest show on turf. They yes. were 
they could have probably yeah. competed with oh, yeah. the Rams at that time. Sure. So it was, man, they were something special, man. I'm not, you, you looked at that roster and look at Frank Gore, who's still in the league. Yeah, right. Um, and say, man, these guys here really had something special. And no wonder they were so successful. But, you know, on that day, it was our day. Now, on, now on, your way, our day. Now, now on your way down there, I mean, obviously, no one, nobody was giving you guys a chance. But no. what was the feel amongst, amongst the Buckeyes? What was the feel amongst that team? So, it, it, amongst us as a team, like, we felt like, you know, the 13 games that we had previously played – like, we had been through so much adversity that there was no way we weren't going to be ready for that game. And it didn't – for us, it didn't matter who we were playing against. Um, we were like, hey, we've seen everything. And so we know how to overcome everything. So it's just a matter of going in there and fighting because we knew we were going to be ready. We knew they were going to be ready as well. Um, and it wasn't going to be one of those things where, although they knew they thought they were the best team, that they would play less – um, which would allow us to play better, they came to play. They came to play, and that's why they were so good. And we literally had to step our game up even more from any of the games that we played before that in order to win. You know, And, you know, I, there's, there's such great moments during that national championship game um, that stick out uh, of, of times that plays that we made that literally changed the changed the game you know the the biggest one i think is is the maurice claret yeah you know still from sean taylor Taylor. like if if that doesn't happen the momentum of the game does not change like it does and and it gives us a lot harder time to win that game so i mean there we we you know all everybody who was supposed to make a play throughout the season did and everybody who was supposed to make a play um during that game, they, they stepped up. Michael Jenkins, Craig Krenzel, like, you know, Dawes, you know, every, C. Grant, like every, every literally everybody who, who we needed during that time, they did it. When was the next time you were able to sleep after that game ended? <laughs> Man, that was, that was a good year. That was a good year. That was a good school year. I'll tell you that. that was, <laughs> uh, man, I, I don't know, man. You know, it, it was so interesting because you feel, you know, go, going into the season where, you know, you, you lost five games the previously and, you know, everybody, know, you know, a lot of the students know you're a, a player. So, you know, you get a little attention, but the attention that changed from the beginning of the year to after we won that national championship or even after we beat Michigan, like was ridiculous like it was it it, 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 it for from a small perspective it felt like you were a celebrity like you know everywhere you went whether it was the mall or whatever there were like people like hey i i know you you did this or and or you know what i mean i need can i get an autograph can i get a picture and it was it was crazy you know what i mean and coach tress actually i was talking to coach tress about it about, about a month ago and we were just talking about how the the change of that um, was exponential, man. And that's why I said I felt like we, we had such a big impact on all the teams that came after that because, you know, it wasn't like that. It just wasn't like that at all to the point where, you know, we needed to – like, we, we didn't need security initially going to the mall and stuff. And then all of a sudden it was like, <laughs> hey, we, we put, put some – we're going to go all at one time and we're going to have security with us because people were excited, you know, and, and it made us excited because it was like, man, this is – 
this is what you come to Ohio State for. This is, the, you know, this is right. this is the kind of kind of football that you want to play, and and the things that you you always dream of when you have an opportunity to go to a big time school like this. So, you know, it was it was it was definitely self fulfilled. You didn't pay for a meal for what? months by bet right? hey, i paid for every meal in case the ncaa is listening i did not take anything for free you are not trying to take my national championship away <laughs> gold pants are mine <laughs> that's right yeah so you spend a couple more years there obviously the next year you go back to the fiesta bowl which is funny uh you play probably oh, the man. hardest game in the history of ohio state football when bowling green came into town and uh, <laughs> I was a student at Bowling Green yeah. at the time. I think it was only a touchdown game. I think it was like twenty. Yeah, it was close. I think you guys were. I think y'all were leading at halftime, maybe yeah. or something. It was something close like that. And I was like, man, what are what are we doing? And we like that was a hard at one point. Was yeah, that when was, still, was that when Bowling Green still had Josh Harris? Because yes. yeah. college, yeah. yeah. college game. College game. Josh Harris Bowling Green that year. That was That's awesome. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, Josh Harris was a, was legit. Yeah, yeah, they were awesome. So, uh, so we're gonna move into kind of your next uh, phase of life uh, because uh, you did spend a little time with the Chargers, but uh, yep. uh, after that, yep. you, you coffee got, break, coffee got break. into TV a little yeah. bit. Uh, uh-huh. We're breaking down some Ohio State football. You were doing some high school football, which is great. The three of us—that's yep. kind of how yeah. we really know each other. Is we all call high school nice. football up here in Cleveland. Uh, oh, nice. I love it. Yeah. I love high school football. Yeah, great. And so then you got yeah, the acting was, bug. Yeah, so yeah, so I I so I, I was with the Chargers, got cut from them, was devastated, obviously. And um, you know, I was I was just I was coming off of that uh double knee surgery the 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 year before, you know, so going into my senior year, I had a knee surgery at Ohio State. And um, you know, things were, you know, it just wasn't as the as the same as they were when I was a sophomore and, um, you know, just wasn't able to do it and mixed with, you know, devastation and, and, you know, I didn't, I don't know if I really prepared as, as hard as I used to that, uh, year going into the, to the chargers and, you know, that, and basically that's what happened. Uh, so after that, you know, I was like, I'm done, you know, I'm, I'm done with football. And uh, the great part about it was um, Gene Smith, who's actually the direct, director of athletics at Ohio State right now, was like, hey, if you want, I, I got a mentorship opportunity where um, I'll give you a job here at Ohio State to work in athletics and cool. you can learn the business side of athletics and also get your master's at the same time. So, you know, I, I that was super, you know, at that time, I didn't know what I was going to do in my life. You know, it was it was very depressing time because you know as a as a as a kid who at nine years old every time you you play football people say oh man you're going to the league and you're going to be this person and all of that you kind of start feeding into it until you know you realize it's over and you're like what do I do with my life now regardless of the fact that you know I I graduated with a 3.6 GPA and all those things like football was it like that was so it was it was I was grateful that Gene, you know, gave me that opportunity to kind of segue into something else. Now, granted, I'd made the decision that after I uh, finished my master's that I didn't want to be an athletic director anymore. You know, initially I was doing it because I saw Gene was making 600,000 a year. And I was like, (laughs) that's what I want to do. (laughs) 
yeah, Sign those me two up. years, <laughs> exactly. But those two years that uh, I worked there, you know, I just realized I didn't have that passion for it. You know, kind of like I have for football, and I really enjoyed doing. Um, sports analyst work, you know, with NBC and ABC and Columbus. And I thought maybe that was my next career path. And I remember the one time, this is how I got an acting. The one, so they were like, uh, okay, Maurice, you're going to do like a live, you know, a live thing. You're going to be on the field. We're going to throw it to you. You're going to say your thing and then throw it back to us. Great. I'm like, cool. No problem. Done. <laughs> All right. So, I, you know, I got my earpiece in. All right. Uh, we're going to throw it out to Maurice out there at, wherever and i'm like and i froze oh no i said hey i had i had my first (laughs) sentence down first sentence done hey we're doing great here over here at so-and-so back to you back to you that was my that's what i i said oh my gosh (laughs) and somebody and somebody said you know what maybe you should take an acting class just to like help you with like on air, like, because now I'm like actually talking to the camera. I'm not talking to somebody as like an interview. Right. So it's totally different. Right. And I said, man, I ain't trying to be an actor. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to get better at, at, uh, at doing live throws. So, and then I got into this acting class and immediately I said, man, this is it. This is the next, my path. Like I felt it to the point where, you know, we had been in class for like five, six hours. And I was like, man, there's no oh, more. Let's, can we keep going? Uh, and, and that's when I realized, you know, that was my next thing. And then I said, hey, you know, it's not going to happen here in Columbus. So it's going to have to go somewhere else. So that's why I'm, I got here in 2009. And uh, been okay. here ever since. Yeah. Do you live in L.A. or what part of L.A. Yeah, you yeah. Live in? I'm like in L.A., like Hollywood. So I'm like right in the oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. How, how close are you to the Church of Science, like the main Church of Scientology? <laughs> that's like one of my... Oh, that's funny. It's funny. Well, you know, my, so my wife, my wife works at like, my wife works at Children's Hospital LA, cool. which is literally like two blocks okay. from the Church of Scientology. So we, you know, we're, we're actually not too, we're about 10, probably 10 minutes away or less. Okay, so you're, uh, you're actually not far from where a friend of mine lives because, he, you know, I, I went out to visit him and he, he was like, I, I went, I was in San Diego for a couple of days and then I took the train up to LA, which was one of like, just a great experience. If you ever have a chance to do it, you know, if you're not from there, do it. I'm sure most done it. But the first thing I saw when I got off the LA subway was the church of Scientology. Oh boy. And so that's like my, one of my main reference points for like knowing where I am in LA. I was like, what are you, where did Scientology come from? But okay. If that's your reference point, that's cool. So we were just getting into a little bit of what you got going on now. Uh, again, I started listing off again the shows that you've been in. How'd you get hooked up to get into, like you've been in Grey's Anatomy and Mindy Project and how'd you get hook, hooked up to get into those shows to make those appearances? You know, man, it was, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to get an agent um, when I got here and I've been probably through about five or six agents since, but, you know, those agents have been, uh, you know, I've had some, some good people who's been good to me and, um, got me in the rooms to audition for those roles and, and was, was fortunate enough to book those roles and, and, and had a really good opportunity. And you know, obviously Grey's Anatomy was one of my favorite shows. So it's, uh, it was really awesome being on that, that show along with, you know, Criminal Minds, 
which you know got a lot of got me actually a lot of publicity which i didn't i didn't realize that but i i guess i see it because how big that show yeah. was um yeah. but but yes yeah, so, i mean you know just continuing to work man and you know i always say that from 2009 to 2013 i had 82 auditions wow. and i didn't book, i didn't book anything wow so, um, so you're talking about, you know, my parents like, Maurice, you got a master's degree. What are you doing out there? Come back home to Columbus and, and you can do some big things here. And I'm like, it's not for me. This is, this is it. And, um, and so I just kept, kept plugging away. And, you know, my first opportunity was on the Mindy project. And then I had a Nickelodeon show called Sam and Cat that came soon after that. And, kind of been just rolling from there oh i do have a so does, does everybody know who ariana grande is yes. obviously right so she was on the show called sam and cat um and this was before like anybody really knew her that much like her first song had just came out has just come out and during this week week that i was shooting on that show she was singing the song and up to this point, like I, I just knew this song was Mariah Carey. Like I didn't, I didn't know it was her. I didn't even know she was a singer. Wow. Um, so she's like singing a song on set all, all week, and I, and I just kept teasing her, saying, "Man, you must really like Mariah Carey." Stupid. <laughs> uh, and, and she never, like, she never corrected me. She just always used to like laugh and smile, and I was just like, "Oh, okay, yeah, she's feeling me." I don't know, but. Um, <laughs> And, and literally the last day we oh, shot, man. like, you know, I, we, we hugged and everything. Hey, good to, you know, good to see you. Great working with you. I get in the car and the song is on. Ah. And then the, the DJ says, that was, I forgot what the song is called, but that was so-and-so by Ariana Grande. And I'm like, what? Oh, no. Are you serious? I was so embarrassed. And I don't know if she'll remember that, but. I was super embarrassed, and I'm. I haven't seen her since. Well, let's but well let's bring I in did. Ariana Grande, guys. She's waiting <laughs> in the right. meeting room. <laughs> exactly, but uh, you know, it's been a great, great ride, man. And to the point where now I'm doing a lot, a lot of writing and directing as well. And um, you know, I wrote a wrote and uh, directed and starred in a movie called Baker's Man that's on Amazon, which is more of a romantic comedy uh, than Shadow Love was, which was super drama. And then uh, my newest project that I'm that I'm working on and planning on shooting, hopefully the end of the by the end of the year, is called uh, The Seed, and it's actually based on my parents' life okay. of uh, kind of growing up growing up without a father, overcoming drug addiction, and finding God to kind of give me and my siblings a, a different life than they had. So I'm super excited about it. You know, we got some really good actors that are interested in being a part of it. Um, if you know of uh, a guy named Russell Hornsby, there's a guy named, there's a woman named Mary J. Blige. Oh. There's a guy named <laughs> Michael Rainey Jr. Um, who plays on this show called Power, 50 Cent Love Show. show. Um, so a lot of great actors to um, that, are, that love the script and, and want to potentially be a part of the project. So, you know, it's been, it's been a blessing, man. And we're just trying to continue to move forward and, and get this, get the money and everything in place in order to, to, to take it to the finish. Mary line. J. Blige. Who's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't yeah. sure if you've heard of her, yeah. but uh, no, I know, man. I'm she, just kidding. She, she's done a couple she's, things. Yeah, she's, she's up and coming, right? <laughs> yeah. I've been coming artist. Right. I've been coming artist. 
Now, um, so, you know, you, you, you said you had 82 auditions, like how, you know, LA, obviously, you know, everybody knows it's, it's a hard, hard business to make it through, you know, uh, uh, but obviously, uh, obviously one of the biggest things is staying mentally tough, you know, did, did yeah. your, from your time in football, did that help at all to keep you going? A hundred percent, hundred percent. And, you know, I don't know if, if I didn't play football that I would have made it because you're talking about, um, you know, I just think from a from a a football standpoint, every play is designed to be a touchdown. Every every offensive play, but really, like ninety nine percent of the time, it isn't executed a hundred percent correctly. To the point to the point where it's either a, a five yard run, right. uh, or it's a, a sack, or something happens where you're able to get through it and still score a touchdown. And I think that's the mentality that I kind of had of, did I get better or did I get worse? And how do I fix it in order for my next one to be great? And at the end of the day, you just have to continue to be great at what you do. And once you're great and consistent, and even when that happens, you still might not book it. It still could be, oh, he's too tall. And, or, or I, he sounds a little different than I, you know, pictures. So there's so many things out of your control, but the things that are in your control, you know, like running the football and following your blocks, it's the same here. You know, as long as you're following and knowing what you're doing, eventually you're going to get an opportunity. And, and that's kind of what happened. And, you know, it, it, it's been good. I've had, you know, I've been able to, to be on some good, good opportunities and good shows. Now you were, now you said uh, Baker's man is coming. Is that a full length feature film? Yes. So yeah, it came out um, in August of 2017. Uh, but yeah, it's a full full length film, romantic comedy. I'm starring in it, and you know, and you know, it, it's your it is your stereotypical romantic comedy. Oh, perfect. Okay. Guy meets guy meets girl, loses girl, and of course, you know, gives they go back, gives, a fan, no. gives a fantastic speech to to win the girl back at the end. Gotta do it. Gotta do it. You just hooked me up. You just hooked me up for some time in like 2021 for like, or 2020, whenever it is. Hey, I got you. I got you. you. Don't even worry about it. Uh, Amazon and chill, baby. Yeah. Amazon and chill. Listen, this has been awesome. You spending like a day running errands with Mo Hall, picking up the kids, doing grocery shopping. I know. We can't let you get out of here though, before we ask you about the Ohio State Buckeyes this year. Uh, And, Yes. And how yes. closely you've been following the team. Obviously, the saga that's gone on with the Big Ten right, uh, and right. all that. But, you know, exactly. football's coming back, and the Buckeye schedule is set. Yeah, man. And uh, there's a lot of excitement in these parts because that team is expected to be there at the end of the season in that last game. So what are your thoughts yes, about they are. the Buckeyes yes, they are. as they stand right now? Well, I, I think, you know, I think they got a, a, a good as chance as anybody. You know, they, they're clearly, you know, hold on, baby. Hold on. They're clearly one of the best teams in the country, if not the best team. Uh, I think they have the best quarterback in the country, in my personal opinion. Yeah. And, um, and it, it's, you know, and, and it's, it, you know, playing in the Big Ten, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Big Ten is the toughest conference out there. It's not. Not at all. So the, the talent we have – there's no way we should we should lose any games, 
And then it just comes down. That's that's the two year old right there. <laughs> hey, no, please, in a second. Um, I guarantee you haven't had an interview like this. You know what? Schultz was close. Channing Fry was close. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I feel. I feel. We've I feel had kid appearances. Um, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah. I mean, you know, Ohio State. You know, they're going to come ready to play. We already know that what Ryan Day can can bring and and kind of his philosophy. So I think Justin Fields is going to be amazing, and you know I'm excited to see it. Like I said, I didn't expect that to happen. You know, once they canceled the season, I was like, oh, it's a wrap. So it's really exciting to see that you know they're going to have an opportunity to play and and uh, and really you know make 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 some plays and 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 get everybody excited about Buckeye football again, man. So. I don't see why we wouldn't be in one of the uh, one of the playoff spots, and then you know, obviously the national title game, probably against Clemson. Yeah, Ugh, payback. And, uh, payback. And we gotta, we we can't, we can't uh, let it happen <laughs> no. again, right? Yeah, and we have no. to show up. Buckeyes all got a couple now. Yeah, right. Man, we do, we do. So. Um, I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. Well, we're going to let you get back to your – get go, back to – oh, go ahead, Chad. Hold on. Say one more one more question. I mean, this is going to be – this is yeah. going to become a trend with every every champion that we have on now, I think. Oh, so yeah. we talked to Cecil Shorts, Mo, and uh-huh. his – you know, he went to Mount Union, was a national champion at Mount Union. We asked him, do yeah. you have, do you have your, all your championship stuff? And he said, my dad has it. Okay. My dad has it. My dad yeah, said, right, "Give me, give right. me all my stuff. Give me, you have all this stuff. You worry about what you need to worry about in the NFL." We just, we just talked to Tyvis Powell. His mom has his ring. Are you in possession, you Mohal? Are you in possession of your 2002 national championship ring? Yes. Well, yes. I am. Here's, here's why, though. Here's why. I do it. Give me a second, babe. I do a lot of speaking on behalf of Ohio State. So oh, okay. when I when I do this speaking, you know, I got to wear the ring. Like, that's, yeah, you know, course. I show up and people are like, where's your ring? Where's your ring? All right, go home. You know, so um, <laughs> I would say that's the only reason that I have it. But everything else, my parents have back in Columbus. Oh, so, you know, I, my jerseys, my gold pants, helmets, um, to the point where I'm like, man, I wish I kind of had that stuff here with me a little bit, but, um, but yeah, no, they got it all. They got it. the only thing I do have is my ring, and, awesome. and I okay. keep that. I keep it in a drawer, and I don't bring it out often. But um, I, I always usually wear it when I was working at a restaurant. I would always wear it, obviously on Michigan Week. Of course. Uh, right. So, and you know, people would be like, "Oh, what is that from? Did you play football?" Like, actually. Let me tell you a <laughs> story. But uh, yeah, so but you know that that is uh, the one thing I do have. That's awesome. All right, yeah. man. Well, we're gonna let you get to your day. You got the kids climbing around the car. What are your kids' names? I know. So you got Sydney, Morgan, and Harper. So Sydney's not in the car, but Morgan's back there. So it's three. Harper's two, and then Sydney's five, man. So three girls. Oh, God. And uh, somebody help me. You know, I'm taking GoFundMe pages. <laughs> this is a cry for help. This is a cry for help. <laughs> man, I'll tell you what. You know what? Right. Hey, D1, Big Ten defenses, colleges, yeah. pros, it doesn't matter. Hey. Nothing's as tough as three girls under five. It's true. It's true. Hey, it, man, I'll tell you what. I'm not, I'm, I'm not prepared. I'm still not prepared. 
Hey, cast if you want to cast me as the goofy sidekick in the next oh, yeah, rom com yeah. mode, I will that's gladly your, come out there the and God. watch the and watch the kids. And watch the kids. Done. 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 I got you. I got I you. <laughs> well, it was awesome. It was awesome talking your time at Ohio State, the current Buckeyes. Uh, your prediction that the Browns are gonna beat the Cowboys forty to nothing. Right? Oh. Say that, right? <laughs> yeah, it was something like that, man. A little dyslexic oh, yeah. here or something. And then obviously we'll have people we'll 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 recap you all your stuff, your acting uh places they can go watch your shows and all that stuff. Uh we'll look Thanks, forward man. to uh uh your next movie coming out uh when you get that squared away. So uh Absolutely. it was awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and uh Guys are awesome. have an awesome uh, have an awesome weekend coming up and we'll talk to you again. And that was Ohio State, former Ohio State running back, and uh, uh, really a, a holder of the title of uh, one of the, the biggest plays in the history of Ohio State football, especially in the 21st century, Maurice Hall, uh, when he ran that touchdown, and Adam, you were there, man. Let's rehash that for a minute because we, again, we love that we had Mo on. He was amazing, uh, uh, great storyteller. And we were out there doing like errands with him. He was like getting his, he was at the grocery store when he called in yeah. and then he had to pick his kids up from daycare and all that. So we didn't, we didn't want to wreck his day too much and make him stay on too long. But Adam, I want you to dive into this a little bit. You were at that game when he ran that touchdown in on that option play from Craig Krenzel. Talk about just, just talk about what that was like. Just, just give us your experience of, of when that happened. I mean, that was 18, 20 years ago. Um, and uh, I, I can still remember it because, I mean, we pretty much did the same thing every game. We had our student seats, get up in the morning, tap the kegs, get going. And uh, just we were in a deck, I want to say, in the 20s. I don't remember exactly how it was numbered. But we sat up towards the the shoe end, not the open end, you know, the the ringed end, which was the touchdown he scored that in. And we were yes. probably on. 20 or 25 and, and, and like you said you see Kremsel roll out to that side and you're going what the hell are they doing oh my god that's an option and, and like Maurice said they hadn't run that all year so nobody in the stadium thought that was coming you know there's the saying that you know everybody here knew that nobody in the stadium knew that was coming <laughs> and, and Kremsel they just it was perfect they they ran it perfect he strung them out flipped it to Mo at the exact time he needed to. And, and Mo with the effort got in. But after that, that place exploded probably until 2016. And I was at um, all those, the finals games that year, the home games, I, I believe it was game six would have been the last home game of that finals uh, mm-hmm. run. That was the only time. I think I've ever heard that much energy, like positive energy, because I was also at uh, the first game LeBron came back when he was with the Heat, and that was <laughs> oh, just boy. as much energy, but in a I was there too. That was crazy. Yeah. Well, just that place exploded. And they told us not to rush the field, but you're not going to stop a hundred some thousand drunk college kids, and you definitely weren't stopping my roommate. And so we ended up <laughs> on the field. And uh, uh, at that time, Ohio State, that may have been one of the last two or three years, maybe even the, the very last year, that they had actual sod uh, on oh, that yeah. 
on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and I could look. I may still have. I may have thrown it out. I had a clump of dirt that big oh, wow. from, from the O. From the O in the middle of the field. That was the first oh, nice. place we were in. Because we knew we weren't getting the we knew we weren't getting the goalposts. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. those things are set in there with we knew we weren't getting the goalposts. So my roommate and I, my one roommate and I, our goal was to get something from the 50. And I'll guarantee you he still has the dirt somewhere. Uh, because he's even more rabid than me. Uh that's awesome. But that was and then for the next the next week it was a party. It was it, well, every day it was a party. Um, let's rehash the game for a minute though, because Mohol scores that touchdown, right? But there's like between four and five minutes left in that game. Right? Yeah. Defense and had to make stops. Ohio State's defense was amazing, but there's still four or five minutes left in that game. And that right. put him up what, four, 14 to nine? Yeah. Yeah, that was the uh, last four. Yeah. And, 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 even the, and even though they won the previous year, you know, it, it, it still, I mean, you're still scoring from so many years of losing to Michigan. Your butthole yeah. was puckered. Oh, yeah. That, that last four or five <laughs> minutes easily. That had to have been tense. Those last, like, four minutes. Because, again, Michigan. So then Michigan comes out and fumbles. Remember? They fumble. They were marching a little bit. Then they fumble. Ohio State recovers. And then you're thinking, oh, shit. But then Ohio State trestle balls their way into a punt. And Michigan gets the ball back with like, I want to say they got the ball back with like a minute or something like that. And they kind of marched it. Yeah. And that, I remember yeah. how tense that was in my basement. It had to have been <laughs> crazy tense in that stadium. Yeah. There was very few times. And I went, you know, I probably have been to 20 or so games there uh, over the years. And there was, I've never heard that place quiet like that. And it was, I mean, it was a little, you could, there was people cheering, but you could feel like you could feel the tension. And then I was, I think I want to say it was Will Allen. Yeah, it uh, was. That, that made the, uh, the interception, made the, you know, interception to seal it. And, and like I said, just an explosion because you could feel all that pent up nervousness just released. And I believe, like I said, 18, 20 years ago that, the Fiesta, the committee that dealt with the Fiesta Bowl had said prior to the game, if Ohio State beats Michigan, we will take them. Yeah. So we knew right away that when they won, that what was going on. And, yeah. you know, you talk, you talk about just it being a party the whole week. One of the oddest experiences of my life, <laughs> the, act, the, act, the, the actual national title game, it was just not odd, but surreal. The actual national, the night they played Miami, Ohio State was not in class. Yeah, there was no students. There was no students on campus. Yeah, and we had had issues over the couple of years before that with uh, riots after football games. So they cleared all the parking off of all the streets between I I want to say tenth all the way up to lane, maybe even past lane. We were living just a block south of lane. I was the only person in my house that did not fly out to Tempe because uh, when I drove up to Wisconsin that year, my car exploded. Now, transmission dropped out. Not exploded, but transmission dropped out. So I I bought a new car rather than fly out and spend money on on the game. Watched it with my neighbors. Game ends. We all run out. On the, onto the porch, like into the yard with 
yelling, going crazy, but there's like 10 other people. There. There's nobody there. There's nobody oh, there. The Columbus hey, man. police, that was cool. The Columbus police, there was like maybe three or four other houses that people came out. Uh, the Columbus police pull up and they're like, go back in your house. We're like, what? There's just one. There's nobody else in the street. Go yeah, back in your house. We're like, come on, man. Just oh, hey. She was like, I oh, go back in your house. We we're like, no problem. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I love it. But, but yeah, then we walked down to the outer end, which, you know, cup, which it was on the end of my street. And it was just like a normal night at the bar. It was surreal. It was very surreal. Oh man, that's so weird. Nobody was on campus because the because kids weren't back from Christmas break yet. That is so weird, Chad. Where were you? Yeah. Where were you in two thousand two when the Buckeyes won the title? When they two thousand three, two thousand three, when they won the title. When the, Technically, yeah. When they yeah. when they won. Well, I'll start. I, well, I'll start with the Michigan game. I went down to Ohio State for the Michigan. Game. I wasn't in the stadium. But my friends and I, because I went to Ashland, my friends and I just went down and we were like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to a bar <laughs> and 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 watch yeah, the game." Or, like like we wanted to like we wanted to be you know within the atmosphere. So we we actually found a, a place. Uh, oh God, I I can't remember the name of it right now. Uh, it was right next. It's it's right down the street from B Dubs. Kind of varsity club. Varsity club. Oh, the varsity we got, club. We, we, we actually found we actually found space in the varsity club where we sat and we watched the game. And God, I remember once that interception happened, everybody just pilot just filing outside of the door, and, and like we didn't really know what to do with ourselves. We just started jumping all across like across the like in the streets on the sidewalk. I'm like hugging strangers. I'm like, what do we do now? Should we should I flip this coke man? Okay, <laughs> and 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 then you know, and, and then it just it it it. it yeah, it, 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 fun ensued from there. Let's just say uh, some adult beverages were consumed, and I—I I don't know—I I woke up naked on the hood of my car with my keys in my ass. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that also was one of the—that was also one of the last, maybe game, maybe season or games of what I always called the Wild West of Ohio yeah. State tailgating, because now if you go down there, um. You got to. Yeah. You have to be at one of the designated tailgates. You got to have something in a cup. You got to be slick about it. At that yeah. time, if you were walking down Lane Avenue, once you crossed Neal and you crossed the barricades, they did not care. So we yeah. were just we right. would just walk around with a thirty pack of Natty or a, a thirty pack of Rolling Rock or whatever, and just openly it was crazy. So everybody was just everybody was well oiled. It was it was a <laughs> and oh, the yeah. fact that you found the fact that you found space in a varsity club is amazing because I went there for four years and was never able to do that for a game. Oh, I, I mean, uh, we got there like like early as shit, and I like no, but I know what you mean about that carrying around, Adam. Because when I went and visited my friends, you know, they basically said, "Hey, as long as you're carrying your cup upside down, like 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 showing the cops that there's nothing in it, you, you yeah. won't get pulled over." So we would go from party to party, like with with, with our cup, our. our you know, and make sure we didn't lose it with our cup upside down. And that way we had, you know, whatever, you know, at the next house, reminds me of who at the next part house party we went to, who do you know, Bob? Okay. Kegs in the back. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That reminds me of when I was at, at BG and like I said, college game day came when it was uh, Josh Harris 
and the Bowling Green Falcons against Michael Turner and uh, Northern Illinois. Oh, yeah. Illinois. That was the college game day game. Michael and, Burner. Yeah, Michael Burner Turner. And it was and BG won that game and we stormed the field. It was crazy. Both teams were ranked in like the top 20, uh, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Uh, but I remember getting there way early to go to college game day and just mm-hmm. I carried two thirties of Natty. Uh, one for me to sit on because we had like hours until game day even started. We got out there like six in the morning, one 30 for me to sit on and one 30 for me to pull beers from. And it was, it was a good day. That was a good day. Oh dude. Uh, we, we would have ran into each other cause I went there too. Cause I went to that game day too. That was awesome. That's funny. Uh, I yeah, dated, I, I was, dated a girl at BG for the longest time and we went there. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, that national championship. I was here. I was I was literally about thirty seconds driving from where I live right now, in a in a friend of ours' house, uh, the Woods family, and we were there was a party, and that 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 national championship game, people will forget how many like like uh, like Mo said, how many plays happened in that game, like just crazy. Yeah. It was big play after big play after big play. And a lot of it, when you look at the final score, you can see a lot of it were defensive plays or like Maurice Colorette stripping Sean Taylor or uh, uh, these crazy plays. And everybody talks about the call. You know, we didn't even talk about the call, uh, but the pass interference. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I but, still don't like to bring that up to Ohio State. It's, it's, I mean, it was interference, obviously, but yeah, it's, that's a dicey one still. Well, it's dicey for me, except for the fact that uh, everybody forgets that at the end of regulation or towards the end of regulation, Chris Gamble caught a ball out, like they called him out of bounds, and he was clearly in bounds. And if That's they would have made that call correctly, Ohio State would have been able to run out the clock. Uh, yeah. Instead, yeah. they couldn't run out the clock. They gave the ball back to Miami, and Miami tied it up to go to overtime. Yeah. So, yeah. listen – I don't and want to hear all that. And even in overtime, you have you have Ohio State. What, four, what was it? Like fourth and sixteen, and you gave up a first down to Michael Jenkins. Mike, yeah. Michael <laughs> Jenkins. And I and I should have mentioned this when we were talking to Mo. I he said Michael Jenkins. I almost did the first down sign because I still cannot recall a pass that guy caught in college that was not a first down. I, oh I, yeah, I can't think of one. <laughs> every yeah, every like, time it was a first down, and he never dropped the ball. Never, well, ever. I, 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 yeah. You know what's cool? It's probably the same for all of us, right? We all grew up uh, Ohio fans. We all grew up Ohio State fans. Uh, I grew up an Ohio State fan, and I remember uh, going through, like, all the 90s and all the great players that went through Ohio State. And, and I, I probably actually love those teams more uh, uh, with the big-ass shoulder pads and, like, all the, the, the crazy nature of, of what Ohio State was, but they never could get over the hump. They never – that 2002 team, it was so cool to have Mo Hall on the podcast tonight because that 2002 team was that first – whether you're a Cleveland fan or an Ohio State fan, it's the first time you saw one of your teams finally get over the freaking hump. Yeah. And it was oh, yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. So it was so cool to talk to Mo Hall. And, and, and just, just him having so many – he scores the game-winning touchdown in the Illinois game and in the Michigan game uh, right at the right. end of that season like – it was just so cool to have him on and to be able to talk a little bit about Ohio State football. Well, that season was just so fun too because because of oh, all of the close games. Like they did, there was 
there was there weren't a lot of games that season where you were able to kind of just sit back in the fourth quarter and go, oh, okay, yeah, we got this one. There were there were I mean, they they weren't called the luck eyes for nothing, man, because man, were they able to pull some pull some things out. All the bounces went their way. I mean, even Washington State, which was early in the season and kind of Claret's coming out party, they ended up beating him pretty handily. But until he broke a couple of big runs, that was a close game. And Washington State, <laughs> not a very good team. Well, they even were ranked 10th. I, I think they, they were, were ranked 10th. They were, yeah, I mean, at that point, yeah. But, I mean, they were a pack yeah. 10. Well, we right, knew well, that we were going We fair. knew we were going to get them. But they kept, <laughs> I mean, it was close until – Claret made those big runs and I don't think without him making those big runs that they would have probably not even beat them. So but like you said, again, there's, so yeah. many, there's so many memorable games. There's so what that Cincinnati game will always stand out to me Yeah, because the fact that that Cincinnati team and uh, their uh, Gino Gadouli, right. Wasn't that their quarterback? Yeah. Yes. Gino Gadouli. Gino Gadouli. Uh, that game was the most – that was one of the most intense games. And it, the fun thing about that season is it isn't the, – the Big Ten was better back then. It was. Uh, this yeah. Big Ten, our, yeah. current, our current Big Ten, it's not great. It isn't great. Uh, there's not it's a ton Ohio of parity. It's Ohio State and 11 randos, basically. Kind of, yeah. And, and there's some, like, above-average teams. Yeah. But back then – Look at the games that Ohio State had to win, and then look at the teams that are associated with those games. Purdue. And they didn't even play Iowa. Kyle Orton. Yeah, Iowa. I, yeah, that's the funny thing about that se- that season. Big, uh, Ohio State won the Big Ten Championship. Not outright. They shared the Big Ten Championship because this was yeah. before championship games. They shared the Big Ten Championship with Iowa. So they're co-champions of the Big Ten that year. Uh, but – that Purdue and Kyle Orton and, and that game, crazy. That Illinois game was, if you remember the overtime, right? Ohio State scores on, on that touchdown yeah. in that freezing cold game that Mohal was talking about. But two times, two times Illinois completed what I thought was a touchdown pass. And it was like one was ruled that he just barely stepped out of bounds. And the other time... He was inbounds, but he was bobbling it before he stepped out of bounds. And, <laughs> and like, it was so – that season was the most intense season of yeah. college football that I can remember. Yeah, 100%. Hey, would you guys – I mean, we're all in agreement. Trestle Ball would never survive in today's college football game, don't you think? No. No. I don't think so. I mean, he, he would have had to have adjusted. I think he probably would have looked something like um, – like Saban looks with Alabama where it's, it, he's not, he's not really doing the read option. It's, and it's more pro style. I think he would have adjusted cause he was a decent coach, but he was always going to be the guy. And I had a friend that played for him at Youngstown state, uh, a guy I went to high school with. I, he was always going to be the guy that was a little bit conservative, which used to drive me nuts, well, <laughs> but he was, but I think he showed- did it very well. I think he showed his versatility over the years. I think he showed his versatility. Listen, Craig Krenzel, uh, okay. That was what I was just going to say. Like, he was willing to adapt because you saw that Miami game. He pulled out Krenzel. Krenzel was our leading rusher, I I believe. And and ran the most. And Miami had no clue that was coming. He knew there was an advantage there. 
because you could get you could get an extra guy blocking, and I think he would have adapted well, but it still would have been conservative. Well, look at you the know, offense. He wouldn't though. have looked like Ryan. Hey. Look at the offense though. Then with Troy Smith and Ted Ginn, and and that offense was oh, yes. they would air it out. They would go big yeah, play I, offense because they had the personnel. Then, then you get like a guy like counted, I don't know, like. Well, that's true. When it when it when he needed when it when it got tight though he did have a tendency to reverse to that buttoned up yeah. more. But I can't blame him because when you have defenses like he had, I, I can't fault you for for having confidence right. in him because he had really right. really fantastic defenses. Right. Yeah. Listen, that was an era of Ohio State football that was. Uh, uh, really a big part of why they are what they are now. Absolutely. Uh, a big part of, of why Urban Meyer was able to come in and take the team to a title and make them a contender pretty much every year. And a big reason why – go ahead. I say he was, he was a big reason Urban was able to get there for more than one reason. Well, fair. Yeah, yeah, fair. Because of what he built the program into and then how he left it. But well, I'll always have a lot of respect for Jim Trestle because uh, of because yeah, of what, what he era. did. Even yeah, it was it was fantastic, and, and especially as you guys said, coming after that Cooper era, which the Cooper era was really the era that I became familiar with Ohio State football, like intimately, yeah. because I mean I was always aware of him, I always rooted for him, but I had the Browns, and that era uh, right before Trestle, the Eddie George, the Orlando Pace. That was when the Browns left and Ohio state football. But instead of watching another uh, NFL team, I became invested in Ohio state football. That's exactly. So uh, to see that. And so I got paid off pretty quick, luckily. uh, Right. But a lot, a lot of people suffered for a long time. And Trestle's lasting legacy needs to be what they've done against Michigan since. Absolutely. Absolutely. Two losses. Uh, Right. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, it's two, you, losses since Jim two losses since Jim the coach. Two losses since he became the coach. One under and one of those. One of those I really don't count because I mean, you really going to brag Michigan if you're Michigan about getting that Luke Fickle team? <laughs> yeah. Well, right. I, I no offense say, to Luke Fickle. I love I love the dude. I love the guys on that team. But you you can't really brag about getting them when they were in complete chaos. Yeah, I, I agree. Sure. But but still. That's his lasting legacy. Legacy should be that awesome run in 2002, beating that Miami team that could not be beat, and then right. and then setting the tone like Mo Hall said, which was so cool on the interview. Every practice, they would spend a couple sessions just solely focused on Michigan. Yeah, and that sets the tone for what has happened over the last two decades. Two decades where they have lost to Michigan two times in two decades, uh, and and that's really cool. So really cool to talk to Mo Hall. Really cool. To, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and that's why I think that, that that why Michigan or Ohio State still continues to have success. I don't think Harbaugh Harbaugh is a good coach, but I don't think he takes the rivalry as seriously as Ohio State does. You know, which I can't I, believe because he played in it. I just that boggles my mind because right. he played right. in it. I, if I right. played, I mean. In it, I would hate him. Right. I mean, I he's quoted. Him. I mean, he's he's quoted as saying like he's like he's not worried about the rivalry. Well, you know, just something like that in press conferences, like oh yeah, it's just another game. Where, uh, I mean, for 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 fuck's sake, Joe Burrow was out of the program 
absent of the program for two years, and he still called him Team Up North. He was in a, yes. he was in an LSU press conference and still called him Team Up North. So it's like that's the kind of mentality you need in a huge rivalry like that. And Harbaugh doesn't instill that in him. And I just and I think that's a big reason until he starts taking it seriously, Ohio State will continue to dominate Michigan. And that's the attitude uh, that Cooper had about it. It was that mm. it was eh, it's just another game. Um, oh. But Michigan didn't, it, you know, it seems to go at who takes, it seems to ebb and flow at, at who takes the game more seriously. And that's why when it was a really good rivalry, it was because you had two guys that would have killed each other. They took it so right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woody and Bo, yeah. Yeah, they would have crushed each other. So, anyways, really cool to have Mo Hall on. Uh, and that was really fun there, guys. Just uh, yeah, rehashing of, of that season and, and just when it was just the three of us, rehashing where we were, what we were doing during that championship. Uh, pretty incredible. So uh, our thanks go out to uh, Maurice Mohall out there in L.A., letting us run some errands with him here tonight. Uh, as uh, uh, Look out for his stuff. You can find uh, – just look up Mohall on IMDb, and you can see his projects that he's worked on. You can see if you want to go back and find him in the episodes of like Grey's Anatomy or whatever, it'll tell you what episodes. Plus, you can find his uh, his web series and his movie as well. Um, so we're really I'm excited to see what he comes up with. With he's checking out names like Mary J. Blige for his next movie. That's pretty sweet. So. Yeah. And Chad Meyer, remember I'm going to be the sweet sidekick in this next. Oh uh, no, you didn't say the sweet sidekick. You said the goofy sidekick, and that oh, is the goofy what you sidekick. Yeah. yeah, the the lovable, the lovable sidekick. That's right. <laughs> that's. That's, That's your. That is the only part you're playing, my man. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna be a, like Mo and I are gonna do a buddy cop film. <laughs> yes, yes, I love it. Uh, so thank you to Mo Hall. Thanks for rehashing all that. Uh, hey man, Adam Cahill, we want to thank you. Um, uh, this will not, I'm sure, be the last time we we hit your phone up and ask you to jump on the Garage Beers podcast with us. Uh, and. Uh, uh, it was awesome rehashing things. It was really cool having you on for this one because you were there uh, for some of the stuff that we were talking about. And, uh, and I don't know, you're just a good dude. So it's good to have you on the podcast. Well, like I said, man, I, I'm always happy to help when you guys ask. And uh, you guys, I, I, like I said, congratulations on getting to 30. Yeah. We're doing it. Number yeah. 30, you guys are doing awesome. I've been impressed with some of the, impressed with some of the guests you've gotten uh you know pulling guy channing fry mo hall like you guys are doing a great job man yeah. and uh it's an it's a pleasure to to work with you uh on this and uh on some occasional friday nights yeah i'm yes, gonna sir. be with you tomorrow buddy i'm gonna yeah, be with you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. so obviously we're recording this this if you're listening to this it come it's gonna come out on monday uh uh so we've got uh, we'll we'll be able to rehash a little bit of what the Browns did, uh, but you will not want to miss our episode that comes out this week um, uh, because uh, we have got the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Nick Felino, joining the podcast this week. Uh, we're really excited about that, so tune in to that one this upcoming Thursday. But otherwise, again, uh, to wrap it up, thank you to Mo Hall. Uh, catch his stuff. Go, like I said, look for him on, on IMDb. Adam Cahill. Uh, what's your Twitter handle again? Adam R. Cahill? At Adam R. Cahill. Look for Adam Cahill at Adam R. Cahill. Uh, thank you for joining us. This was awesome. Uh, love having you stand in. We'll do it again, I'm sure, multiple times. But for, uh, for Adam, for Joey, who's not even here, uh, and for Chad, uh, 
you can find Chad at Garage Beers Chad on uh, Twitter. I'm Michael Keefe at Garage Beers Mike. Look for the show at the Garage Beers on both Facebook or I'm sorry, at both Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook as well. We're going to sign off. Uh, and uh, until our next episode, cheers, everybody. Cheers.